0: Today on the Zaidcast, Manny's Steakhouse in Minneapolis. Believe the hype. I'm still in recovery mode. Paul Charchian once joined a bookies only high stakes fantasy league and lived to tell about it. I've got the story. I got my Super Bowl 52 pick and keys. We've got Amber Theo Harris of the NFL Network and the godfather of sports talk radio, Tony Bruno. Beautiful. All that plus another case of Twitter derangement syndrome you've got an hour to kill, then buckle up and let's go! And here we are, Super Bowl Friday, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Zabecast, February 2nd, 2018. Coming to you live from my hotel room, as you can hear in Minneapolis, St. Paul, where the temperature this morning was minus 7 degrees. Or, as you'll hear later in the Cast, minus x or uh, below x is the term. Thank you, Tony Bruno. We'll hear from him later on. Amber Theo Harris of the NFL Network, and my prediction for the game itself. So last night, Paul Charchian, the great Charch, MrFanBall.com, took myself and my program director, Christopher Johnson, out to Manny's Steakhouse, a legendary steakhouse in downtown Minneapolis. Now, Charge had promised me and had been hyping this up. Zabe, this is going to be the greatest steakhouse you've ever been to. This is going to be unbelievable. Just be ready. You're not, I'm telling you right now, this thing is going to blow you away. You've never had a steak. And I'm like, okay, easy, chief, easy. I'm sure it's going to be great. I love steak. I love cow. Any great... I've been to a lot of great steakhouses. And I've been lucky enough uh, to have many of those steakhouse dinners paid for. Or reimbursed by various companies and or people I have been out with. And they're all good. I mean, they're all good. Morton's, The Palm... Uh, Don Shula's Steakhouse, Fleming's is really good. Trying to think of what some of the other national chain steakhouses are. But any steakhouse that is going to give you a steak for more than $30, I'm going to pretty much like it. Let me tell you, Charge was right. (laughs) Manny's was incredible. And what is interesting is that it felt like and looked like an old-school steakhouse. It had actual cows and cow skins on the wall. It had the black-and-white photos of what looked like old-time customers. I thought the backstory of Manny was going to go back to Prohibition or something like that. It wasn't until I asked Charge, So, how long has this place been around? He goes, mm, 20, 25, 25. I go, 1925? He says, no, no, about 25 years. And I'm like, wow. And he tells the story of some of the investors that had started the restaurant and whatnot. Charge was also very generous in that he picked up the tab for us. Uh, on He said, this is on Fanball. So maybe it's a write-off, Jerry. I don't know. Uh, several hundred dollars. And we didn't even go that crazy. Uh, they had a lobster tail that uh, was so big, it was the size of a small child. It looked like Sacagawea's kid, the lobster tail itself. I did not get that. They had a lobster that was massive as well. Charge said that once Manny's brought in a lobster that was the largest lobster ever brought through the doors. It was a 13 pound live lobster. They said it had to clear customs. I guess it came from another country, I suppose. A massive lobster. A guy had a heart attack on his way out the door at Manny's last night. I'm just glad it wasn't me, because it easily could have been. Uh, They said the waiter, who was awesome, old guy, not super old, but, you know, 50, 55, a lifer. A guy who has a server as a waiter in a steakhouse like that, charge said, easily, was making six figures. The kind of job that you have to work your way up to. And then hold on to and, you know, murder people to try to keep it from taking you. Or just have seniority. I I don't know how that all works, anyway. I know that there are waiters and waitresses who maybe are called servers. I don't know the proper terminology. And really nice restaurants that make a really nice living. I mean, they work their ass off. I mean, Anyone who works in a restaurant works their ass off. I wouldn't know from first-hand experience, because I never did. But I know that uh, is... An undeniable truth of working in a restaurant. It is a grind. So our waiter was like, yeah, you might want to not go outside real quick because uh, somebody's blocking the front door. He's apparently having a heart attack. Oh, God. Sure enough, we see out the window, here come the sirens, here come the ambulances. So the steak I had was called the Manny's Cut, and it was basically the outer edge of a tomahawk ribeye a tomahawk ribeye being, a, a you know a ribeye that still has the tomahawk, the bone still in it, sticking in it, and then it looks like a paddle or a tennis racket, and these the, the one ribeye, the big one, the big ribeye they sell for a hundred and six dollars or whatever it is, uh, that one di- was the size of a tennis racket, so ours was the outer edge of one of those massive tennis racket ribeyes, which. I guess is the most flavorful cut of the meat, and it's only available to those who know how to ask for it, Manny's regulars, like Charch is. And he said that not only is it the most delicious part of the steak, and by the way, it was, of course, unbelievably delicious. He said that they basically had to ruin three ribeyes just to assemble that one Manny steak. So three great steaks died just for an even better steak, which I ate. Pretty funny. In the steakhouse were quite a few high-profile figures in the media and whatnot. We did see Michael Irvin, or excuse me, we saw Donovan McNabb sitting alone at the time, although his date or his wife or his girlfriend or whoever must have might have left as he was waiting to pay the bill. That would have been odd, but he was like, oh, yeah, McNabb's right over here. And he was right behind the pillar, and I craned my head around. I didn't see anybody with him. Dion Sanders was there in a booth for four with just him and his unbelievably hot wife, question mark, girlfriend, question mark. I don't know. I'm not going to pry. I know he's been divorced at least once, uh, maybe twice. I don't know. All I know is when I walked by, I was staggered by the beauty of his Woman, and I was also amused that she was talking to him in a rather urgent/slash agitated way. She was not throwing a fit or yelling at him, but she was kind of urgently talking about something. As I walked on by, and I glanced at Dion, and Dion was staring at his phone, just staring and scrolling, staring and scrolling. No, not even a fleeting bit of eye contact, not even, uh, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever. He was just sort of listening. Dak Prescott was there wearing a white t-shirt, which was okay because the dress was casual shh. There were some fans in there that had jerseys on, which I thought was kind of tacky for a nice restaurant. Uh, Dak was in there. Sal Palantonio was in there. and you know, It was the typical high-profile restaurant uh, on a Thursday night before the Super Bowl, and the steaks were insane. And the dessert brownie was insane. And the appetizer bacon was insane. Alright, you done talking about your dinner, Richie Rich? You done talking about the stupid steakhouse? Yes, I'm done talking about the stupid steakhouse, except for one thing. Charge said that a guy roped him in once to a high-stakes fantasy league that was going to be held, the draft, at Manny's. And the final ending of the season, the payout was going to be at Manny's. He said it was a guy that he didn't really know, excuse my alarm, he said it was a guy he didn't really know well, but he was a guy that owned some newspaper stands around Manny's restaurant. And he said, okay, well, sure. By the way, Charge had never been in a fantasy league greater than $250 as an entry fee. Well, he says, okay, um, what's the entry fee for this league? And the guy says, 20 grand. Oh, charge tells the, and, you know, of course he recoils at that number, but the guy who owns newspaper stands around Manny's says, don't worry, I'm in for half. Okay, charge says, I'll do it. So he shows up to Manny's for the draft, and I said, with $10,000 in your pocket? He goes, no, no, settling up was at the end, but I was in for my virtual ten. And I show up and two things happened. One, everyone in the league was pissed when they saw me walk through the door because one, it was a league of bookies and number two, they all knew who I was as a fantasy expert. He said they were not happy that a ringer now is going to be in their high stakes league for the year. Also, here's another fun fact. Charge said that His partner, the guy who owns the newspaper stands, air quotes, really a bookie, decided, nah, I'm not going to show up to the draft. (laughs) So, Charch was there all by himself. So, yada, 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 as they say in Seinfeld, get through the, uh, we get, you know, they get through the season, they win. Uh, Which, who knows how much of a white knuckle ride that is. I said to Charch, I go, how many leagues do you win? He says, I can win a fair amount, but if I'm in other expert leagues, then the answer is no. Uh, Michael Fabiano, uh, Andrew Siciliano, told me, uh, he said that you know the NFL's own, NFL Network's own fantasy expert, that he wins like 80% of his leagues because Fabiano spends literally 8 to 10 hours per day, every day, during the season, and well before the season, working on fantasy. Okay, fair enough. So, Charge wins the league, so you can imagine... Twenty thousand dollar payout uh, or twenty thousand dollar buy-in. The payout's going to be pretty good. The payout was supposed to be eighty, which he was going to split with his partner. His partner still, you know, fronted the entry fee with him. But for the payout party at Manny's with these hundred and ten dollar tennis racket size stakes, uh, the custom was that the winner of the league would buy dinner for everyone else in the league. Okay. On that night, because all the bookies were super pissed that Charge had won their league, they invite everybody and their mom. Literally, wives, kids, cousins, relatives. It was something like, you know, a 10-person league that had 40 people at Manny's eating on Charge and his partner's dime. And of course, they are ordering everything they possibly could. Charge said that uh, afterwards, yes, he still made a nice cut of it, but... Uh, learned his lesson that, yeah, this is a league that I really... And I said, what about next year? he goes, uh oh, there was no next year. I was promptly uninvited. Good stuff at Manny's. Let's get to the game, for God's sakes. Patriots, Eagles, Super Bowl 52. And yes, I will be in attendance on a media pass from the National Football League. Looking forward to it, actually, although... It could be dicey getting into the stadium because, well, they make you wait outside in security. Security is going to be, excuse me, insanely tight, as it always is, excuse me, at the Super Bowl. And it's freezing out here, in case you didn't know. And, and I keep coming up to the ends, and I have cut my winter coat because it almost lost me my wallet. So what am I going to do if I have to wait outside in something like, you know, an hour-long line? Hopefully my credential gets me in a media line that's not like everyone else. Yeah, that's probably going to be it. All right, so let's say I get into the stadium in no time. Do I stay the whole time? Do I ale theory? The Super Bowl. It is my theory, ale, always, leave early. And some have said, well, if it's a two or three touchdown lead by either team, you're free to leave in the second half, maybe early fourth, fourth quarter. And I'm like, I don't know. My move and my, my entire M.O. is always leave early. That's my move. I'm the guy that leaves early. Of course, last year, Marky Mark and his bratty kids left early, claimed he, that the kid was sick. Later, the story got changed to, while they were misbehaving in the suite because of the fact that they were losing so badly, the Patriots. Who knows what the story was, but as a true fan, you can't leave early. I'm not a true fan, though. I'm just a guy using up a media credential in auxiliary press seating, which I'm sure will be near the roof of the building, but who cares? I'll be in there. Do I leave early? Well, it'll get me back to my hotel earlier. I do have an early morning on Monday no question about that. Game time, 5.30 here locally. Let's count a four-hour envelope if I stay the whole game because uh, of halftime show. So now we're up to 9.30. Uh, let's give myself two full laborious hours to get home to my hotel. Now I'm at 11.30 p.m. I've got to record this Zabe cast for you guys fresh and early on Monday morning. I have to be on the air with Bob and Brian at a.m. to 6.30. Get to the airport. Probably have to do it in the cab to the airport. Ah. I should probably leave early. But I don't think I'm going to. I think I'm going to stick it out to the end. I got the Patriots minus the four. I think this is a game that makes everyone say, well, didn't see that one coming. Really thought the Eagles defense was well up to the task of making this a very difficult win yet again for Brady and Belichick and the Patriots. Which we all know by now, they don't win Super Bowls by very wide margins. The six-point overtime win last year, biggest Patriot, quote, blowout in their five Super Bowl victories under Brady and Belichick. Not a blowout at all, of course, a 28-3 comeback miracle. Yes, the Eagles defense is absolutely legit. And they will bring wave defensive linemen. They'll just work their rotation in and they're coming at Tom Brady. And Fletcher Cox, baddest man in the middle in the NFL this side of Aaron Donald. And you know what? Maybe he's equal to Aaron Donald. Everyone says the way you really frustrate Brady is get that pressure up the middle. Collapse the middle of the pocket. Okay. Easier said than done. Fletcher Cox, could do that. You got slot corner Patrick Robinson. He'll be matched up against Danny Amendola. Robinson this year is one of the second or one of the top 5 slot corners this year. Turned the game around against the Vikings in the NFC Championship game. He could negate him. Gronk cleared to play? Yes. Question. How healthy is he? How healthy is that head? Does it really matter does a head injury affect the guy's play either he's in or he's out? lingering effects, who knows? Better yet, how are the referees going to call it regarding Gronk? Gronk like Shaq has been saying they're holding me, they're grabbing me, they're clutching me, they're 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 tackling me. Come on. He's the Shaq of football. How will the referees call it? Gene Steratore, oh by the way, your NFL referee for the Super Bowl. All good questions. How will the ref uh, how will the Eagles keep Nick Foles in third and reasonable? Even if the defensive front seven for the Patriots is not that impressive, you can't have Nick Foles in constant third and ten, third and eleven, third and nines. If you do that, you're most likely going to see the worst of Nick Foles. He's played two great games. Two, excuse me. He's played a good game plus against Atlanta and a great game against Minnesota. Can he do it a third time? And for Philly. Philly. Here's a key for them. Can they not crumble if things don't go their way? Early touchdown by the Pats. Turnover. Bad call. Something. Don't crumble. Also, will they be aggressive? Everyone assumes Doug Peterson will be. He has been one of the most aggressive fourth down coaches in the league this year. But on the big stage, I want to see it first. Easy to say you're going to be that way. Easy to look at your regular season track record of going forward on fourth down. Let's see it, though, on the big stage. I think Foles needs three or four off-schedule big plays for the Eagles to win this game. Three or four. Okay, okay, wait a minute. Oops, he got away. Hold on, he's not down. Look at this, he's scrambling out. Boom! Chunk play, 35-40 yards. Can he get that? I'm not sure he can. Eagles did lead in time of possession during the entire season. They have a running attack that, when they want to leverage it, is outstanding. Jay J- Ajayi and Corey Blunt. Corey Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt. Corey Blunt was a former NBA player? I believe so. Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt, first and seventh in the NFL in missed tackles. That's an exotic stat for you right there. It says that they're not just big backs but they've got shake and wiggle. The last four times the Patriots have fallen behind by 10 or more in the playoffs, they have won their game. That's pretty impressive. I don't think they're going to fall behind by 10 or more in this game. I think they're going to execute their plan and put this away. Look for the first quarter as your key. If the Patriots score in the first quarter, especially a touchdown, anyway, because by the way, they're 0-7 for scoring Anything in the first quarter in Super Bowls. How about that? How about that for a stat for you right there? Patriots 0-7 in first quarter scoring in the Super Bowl. Maybe it's because, as Mr. X told me, it's Belichick doing the feel-you-out. Or maybe it's... I don't know. Maybe they're just not good in the first quarter. Whatever the theory is, if the Pats score in the first quarter, it's a very good omen. Patriots minus... Four. I believe it's down to a hard four. Could it get to three and a half by game time? Uh, maybe. But looks like it's a four, four and a half. I'll take the Patriots comfortably to win Super Bowl fifty-two as Nick Foles unfortunately turns into a pumpkin. I'll take the Patriots 31-16 as they win their first comfortable Super Bowl. If they do that, then I will stop any debates about Tom Brady being the great the GOAT, the greatest of all time. I kind of think he has to win this game, though, to be the GOAT. Let's say he does not win on Sunday. Let's say he loses to Nick Foles. And while you might say, well, lose to Nick Foles, you lose a team game. Could lose because the Patriots run the ball, run the ball. He almost lost to, uh, you know, Blake Bortles at home You can't just say, if he loses to Nick Foles, that's too simplistic. Come on, Zabe, you're smarter than that. Well, am I or am I not? No excuses to lose to a Nick Foles team. If you're really the greatest of all time, then you've got to beat him. In a way, Brady has been a bit lucky in his career that for a guy who lives in the Super Bowl, he has missed the three most lethal NFC passers of his era, those three guys being Rodgers, Favre, and Breeze. Did catch Kurt Warner at the tail end, well not the tail end, caught Kurt Warner in his prime with St. Louis. Uh, Got Donovan McNabb, who was good plus, but not great. Russell Wilson, who looks like he's going to be on trajectory to be possibly a Hall of Famer, but who knows. Matt Ryan, and then Jake DeLome was the other guy. And he lost to Eli Manning twice. So, Brady hasn't beaten the elite of the elites. Brady has also lost to Joe Flacco at home twice in AFC playoff games. Along the way. If Brady loses to Foles, I'm going to keep holding off on the greatest of all time. Of course, he's the most prolific ring winner at quarterback of all time. But... I'm not going to proclaim him the greatest of all time. Brady is only ninth in NFL starts. ninth, which is interesting. Of course, he sat for a good while before he got in there with the Patriots. He could pass Peyton Manning next year, and Tom could pass Favre for the record, but he's got to play four full seasons. So he's going to climb up the list in the next couple of years. I'm not taking away from Brady's greatness. I'm just saying beat Nick Foles and the Eagles, which I think he will, and then I will put away any and all such talk of the GOAT. All right, I got a chance to run into Amber Theo Harris of the NFL Network. Right
1: hey, there. I used to have so much fun coming on your show, and I was just <laughs> thankful that you gave me an opportunity to to come on, and it was always a dream come true to come. You know, I grew up in the Washington area. What year
0: What year was that that you came on with Andy and I? Yeah.
1: Maybe around ish. 2011.
0: 2011? Yeah. At the time, you were working at Comcast, right?
1: I was at Masson.
0: Oh, that's right. You were at Masson. And
1: WRC. I was doing some stuff there.
0: And you're a you're a Maryland girl. I am. From?
1: I'm from Frederick, Maryland.
0: You're the mean streets of Frederick. That's the
1: right. The mean streets of Frederick, Maryland. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: And you went to school at?
1: Uh, Middletown High School, and then I went to University of Maryland.
0: Yeah, so, you're right, you went to Maryland.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Aren't you a, a gymnast? I am not you were a I know I player. As one. soccer player
1: yes i play well soccer you're basketball. an athlete though we won a state a maryland state championship in basketball i was a point guard oh from you were Middletown high school and uh and i also played softball so i was a three-letter athlete i mean big time what'd
0: you play at maryland <laughs> what'd you play at maryland
1: um i played bentley's on route one <laughs> uh-huh
0: so you were a high school athlete. <laughs> yes i could have sworn that you played, played a sport in soccer. d1 i okay. played uh,
1: no i played club soccer at maryland I didn't,
0: Yeah. Anyway, so here we are. Here we are at the Super Bowl. Are you going to be stationed outside Sunday at all? Because I've seen no. you in cold weather venues. I do
1: well. I am very durable. Raising your asshole. I am very durable. Um, yeah, I was in Pittsburgh and Philly. The yes. playoffs took me through a, a pretty t- a frozen tundra tour. Um, no, I will not be outside. I'm so happy about it. I am going to be on the inside set of Game Day Morning on NFL Network, I'll be with Terrell Davis and uh, DeMarcus Ware.
0: Nice, so yeah. when you were on with Andy and I in 2011, and and just doing the radio show, do you think that helped you as you then, like, was that a good way to start now that you're doing interviews on the mm-hmm. NFL Network, but you're also bantering, you're, yeah. you're just talking with the guys, well, I right? I always
1: loved radio. Um, well, first, I mean, I do want to give you props, you made me who I am, is that what you were waiting for?
0: Ding, Yeah. Okay. And there cut. we go.
1: Made me None who of this would I have been am.
0: possible without the sports reporters. Okay, exactly. good. We've established That's, that we're good on
1: that. exactly. No, um, well, I had done. You know, I, I was, uh, you know, anchoring the pre and post game for the Ravens and, right. and, and doing sidelines for the Orioles. But I also had a radio show in Baltimore on ESPN Radio. So Got I fell it. in love with radio there. Got and it. when that radio show ended, because it was a little too much to do all of it. I loved being able to do your show because that's where I felt most at home, just talking sports we, and having Andy fun. Andy and I
0: tried to make it like the microphones are just getting in the way <laughs> of a normal conversation.
1: And that's what it felt like. And it was it was so cool because we were all from that area. We were talking about the sports, the teams that we love, and I, I miss that. You know, Now I talk about all the teams, yeah. but whenever we talk about the Ravens or the Redskins, it definitely has a special place in my heart.
0: How much stuff do you hear about talking to all these players current players ex players that you just file away knowing I really can't go on the air with that but I'm gonna file it away because I get a ton of that stuff I tell people all the time I'm like the stuff I know I can't go on the air with is three times as much as I tell you about
1: oh yeah Uh, well it's good for background knowledge and it's good for kind of understanding the landscape of a story that you're talking about but sometimes you do wish you know, I, I feel like I am the liaison between the players and the, and the viewers and the listeners. Sometimes I wish, I'm, so, I'm just so East Coast, I'm so straight, I'm like, I wish I could just tell my viewers exactly <laughs> what's going on here. I know this background information, but, you know, you have to have a certain level of uh, being discreet when, when people open yeah. up to you about uh, what maybe is really happening in the front office or things like that.
0: What have you learned the most about the NFL over the years? working like that you're like you know what I n- had no idea it was like this
1: it's powerful I mean I knew it was a powerful the most powerful sports league in the United States
0: the league itself is powerful the
1: league itself is a the powerful shield. the shield the mighty and shield. it really is it's 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 from the top <laughs> down it's Roger Goodell and he signs my paycheck have you uh, ever
0: been called into a meeting for something you said <laughs> where where the shield said yeah Amber Come see me, we gotta talk about this.
1: You know what, never. No hot takes. And people, and I'm very outspoken, and I've never been censored by the league in any way, and I I almost expected to with my big mouth, (laughs) Um, but they're very great about allowing us to have our opinions. That's good. Um, Yeah.
0: One thing I've learned just being around teams, and certainly Cooley being an ex-redskin who I did a show with, I learned how much ego and off-the-field stuff affects team decisions and player relationships. And while these men who play in the NFL are monstrous athletes who are incredibly tough and fearless, They're still like high school kids with their petty jealousies. I'm not getting paid. Why am I not starting? Why is he getting paid? This coach sucks. I think it's more
1: so now than it was 20 years ago. I think
0: social media has exacerbated it, right? Well,
1: it's the the look at me culture. And if you can become more of a brand, rather than become the best badass football player, you can be on the field. These young guys are coming into the league trying to be a brand they want to be p diddy they want to have <laughs> their shoe company and then a right away company, right away before they've even made it to a pro bowl and i think it's it's a it is a problem and it's tough for coaches to coach that kind of player that me coach culture when you are need to be a team culture
0: right 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 and uh who's the funniest guy to work with over at nfl network they're all good guys i'm uh sure, who's
1: the
0: who's the underrated sneaky like this guy's pretty funny Um, And don't say Helly. Helly is a show pony. We know that. Helly is another ex-sports reporter's asshole. He's really
1: good looking. That's his strength. Isn't he though? I mean, he is. He is. Let's talk about Dan for a second. He's a handsome devil, isn't he?
0: Have you ever met a guy Mm -hmm. that is as handsome as he is, but as down to earth about his handsomeness? Yes. I've never met anyone like that. Like you look at Dan Helly and you go, I bet that guy is. <laughs> All he does is sit there in the mirror and primp his hair. But you—he well, def- does do that.
1: Though. Well, of course he does. I mean, there's, a de- there's the definitely pro- that. Factor. He's the most regular dude ever. He it's is. so funny. He's a—he's a, a great guy. He's personable. I've been lucky to work with him for for many years. Yeah. And, um, yeah. He's—he's he's awesome. But he's not funny. Uh,
0: no, not at all.
1: I think to me to who makes me just crack up laughing is, is Michael Irvin being on the Thursday Night Football set. Oh yeah. The stuff uh, that he would say to me like in the break and then me having to try to get it together. Coming <laughs> back on CBS, you know, CBS and NFL Networks. With big that deep job. Michael
0: Irvin growl, come on,
1: Amber. Oh, oh hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it, he's... Get the ball. See the ball. <laughs> <laughs> it is. You can, there's nobody like him. I mean, he, he has a segment coming up on Game Day Morning where he and Mooch go ice fishing here in Minnesota. And Mooch is dressed like a normal Minnesotan. Oh my and, god. And Irv and has on his mink coat from his playing days out oh. on the ice. It's hilarious.
0: <laughs> How about Mooch in front of the giant screen doing his, like, you know, and he get a seal here, and yeah. he's it's, jumping all around. It really
1: is ADD at its best. It's yeah. ADHD at its finest.
0: I like Mooch, though. He's
1: the best. Mooch
0: is outstanding. He is
1: a fantastic man.
0: All right, now, just to bring this down real quick before we let you go on your way. I'm kind of mad that you, the NFL Network, took away from the effort they put into the post-game highlight show at 7 o'clock. You used to have your A-team on that show. Mm-hmm. You used to have Eisen That's and right. Mooch and Dion and the whole no, A-team. Rose did it, right? Well, no. Rose came in afterwards.
1: Okay, okay, And I'm okay, not okay. saying that, um,
0: mm-hmm. who does it with Mooch now, the highlight show at 7 o'clock?
1: It is uh, Cole Wright.
0: Cole Wright. Cole Wright does a great job. Yep. But it's just like, here's Cole and here's Mooch at a little bistro table, and here's the highlights. I want the big show, you, You're Amber. like,
1: you missed the big show? Yes! I mean, but, nothing but against... Here's the I thing. know all
0: those guys are on the pregame. The big That's show you,
1: costs big dollars.
0: Oh, suddenly you the all-powerful shield...
1: You going to show up? Uh, morning and night. I mean, come on. You so then, get take one them one off of mornings. A take them off of mornings, then. <laughs> no, I, I don't. That's way above nah. my pay grade. But you know what? They did do kind of our wrap-up show. Now is is Dion's show with Chris Rose and LT, and that's a really fun show. And it's doing it's done really well. In the that ratings. show
0: is pretty good. Although I think by that time I've gorged on all the highlights for the yeah. week, and I'm already half in bed. But. Anyway, if they can bring back the show, that'd be great. I'll
1: put in your vote. Okay, I-, I will let the higher ups know. All
0: right, are you making picks officially for the game, or are you re- required to remain neutral as part of the NFL? Oh, network? I don't have
1: to remain neutral. Who um, are you picking? I'm going with the Eagles.
0: Upset city.
1: I'm going upset city. How so? I just have that feeling uh, that they like kind of going from worst to first. That they've caught like lightning in a bottle, and just to see Nick Foles play the way he played in the NFC Championship, and and for. I just, I think they're going to take this underdog anger. Yeah. And I don't think the Patriots are, uh, I think you can beat them.
0: I have said, Nick Foles can't play this well any longer. There's no way. He but might, then.
1: All he has to do is one game. Not and you even, don't know which one you're going to get.
0: Not even that, Amber. I said, Nick Foles only has to play good for 30 minutes. That's the last 30 minutes of great football, good football. Not even yeah. great, just good football he has to play. And he's a legend. And the Eagles are Super Bowl champs. Amber, just one of several grads of our Sports Reporter show to go on to great things. We had her on as a regular from time to time. Of course, Dan Helley was on from time to time. Sage Steele was on from time to time. Trying to think who else. Dave Feldman, who's now in the Bay Area on Comcast, Sportsnet, has been on. It was. We had nothing to do with their careers. They were already... Talented people on their way to something big, but we were lucky enough that we had them in the greater DC metro area to have them on the show. I normally don't recycle stuff from my radio show on 980 back to this podcast because I try to keep it fresh. But if it's good, it's good. And I must say that my visit with the godfather, Tony Bruno, Tony Bruno, the godfather of sports radio, Tony Bruno, beautiful man with that unbelievable baritone of his, and his quick wit, and his Philly authenticity. I've always said there's been nobody better to do the format of Sports Talk Radio than Tony Bruno, and I think a lot of people agree with me. Currently, he's kind of semi-retired. He does a show once a week on Facebook. He's got a website, TonyBrunoShow.com. Anyway, he rolled on by late yesterday on Radio Row, and we had a good chat about a number of things, including what it means for the temperature to be below Xerox. Tony Bruno, please have some of those. The godfather of sports talk radio. What is this here now? And the godfather of Philadelphia, it is Jelly Bellies flavored like Krispy Kreme donuts.
2: Oh, I don't know about I thought they were like uh, uppers.
0: Whoa. I thought they were uppers. They, well, they could be uppers. Let me try one.
2: They're sugar uppers. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, did they make you take down your rinse and repeat sign? <laughs> That's mean- what I call a rinse and repeat, a step and repeat, right?
0: You guys had a gigantic banner here yesterday. Ten foot by ten foot. It blocked out the sun, It was
2: the hugest banner ever. It was huge. (laughs)
0: Exactly. It was the most
2: huge step and repeat, step and fetch it, whatever they call those things. (laughs) But I have mine
0: up. You notice mine is still up. You you have a great setup. You're one of the few outfits that has a backdrop. I'm the the only
2: back, other than the league-sponsored one,
0: I'm the only non-league-sanctioned
2: show. Because but but, I'm against the post, but you're against the post. And they said as long as you're against the post, you can put it up. But you guys had one like the size of a billboard. Well, we misordered. We ordered the large one, Tony. You did? You and didn't yeah. go
0: medium? No, he said <laughs> go big or go home. So let's...
2: <laughs> well, well, it's <laughs> great to see you guys, Abe. It's like reunion time. It's like, uh,
0: it's like a yearly high school or college reunion or both. It kind of is. And you here are representing Eagle Nation. I've not seen that many Eagle fans, but I haven't been out. I assume the Eagle fans are going to be out.
2: Next. No, they're here already. Okay, they're actually more Eagle fans. Than pay. I think the Patriot fans have gotten bored of this yearly routine. You know, how much money can you have and be going go to the Super Bowl every single year?
0: Exactly. It, it would be weird to have that much success. I know you. And if Eagle fans have never had that much success, no. Redskins fans have never had that much success. No, I mean
2: it'll never happen again. There's no doubt that we'll never see this situation with this kind of a run in modern-day football. The Cowboys, you know, they had the salary cap area during the Aikman run. Yeah. The Niners had the cap. So Bartolo would be able to keep his veteran guys. Now a guy becomes a veteran, he wins a Super Bowl, you jettison them, and go somewhere else and somebody hires them so, and pays them.
0: So how is Belichick doing it? How is Belichick and Brady, I should say, doing it? I have no idea. It's a
2: magic it trick. It really is. Doing. It's an amazing thing. And I know a lot of people hate the Patriots. I don't hate the Patriots. How can you hate something that sustains that kind of consistency and greatness? And the two keys, obviously, are Brady and Belichick. And it seems like Brady and Belichick, as long as they're together and the continuity continues there, they can just, the, the pieces change. Every yeah. year they change. and it, And they just maintain that excellence because of the coaching. Belichick, you know, looks like a dull guy. And he doesn't give you anything, but when he gets ready for a game and then he makes adjustments, there's nobody better. Do you think other coaches
0: secretly hate Belichick? Because Belichick is embarrassing the rest of the league, I think, coaches wise. I don't know if they hate him, but they certainly envy him.
2: And the amazing thing about this Abe is that you look at his stable, you know, the the, the tree the, the the Belichick tree and right. the Andy Reid tree and the Bill Walsh tree. A lot of his assistants who have moved on haven't exactly uh, taken the NFL by storm. Some fail, like McDaniels
0: come back and then get another head
2: coaching job. And then Charlie Weiss. I mean, you look at the list. I'm not saying that they're not good coaches. I'm just saying that what happens is when you have a successful organization and a hot coordinator regardless of the team, that coordinator is, oh, he, you know, he won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, so therefore he's going to come to my team and save the day. Yeah. And in a lot of cases that doesn't
0: work. Well, I asked our guy Doc Walker right, last night, I said, well, what's so good about Belichick? What does he do well? Because he's embarrassing the rest of the league that he's doing all this. Yeah. And basically Doc said he's really good at just knowing how to motivate men, whether it's by fear, whether it's by love, whether it's by criticism, just... He's got that knack for keeping his guys on point, no doubt. And we saw it the last time they played in
2: 2005, Eagles and Patriots in Jacksonville. The Eagles, the city of Philadelphia, had announced uh, a Super Bowl playoff
1: parade route
2: route because they wanted to notify the city. So there's a video of Bill Belichick addressing his team, and he's saying, and he read the parade route. To his players. And uh, by the way, the Eagles are planning their Super Bowl parade, and here it's going to start here and it's going to go down Broad Street. And so he's deadpan straight based. But he got the message across. Yeah. Those guys are already planning for a parade, and we've got to keep that from happening. I did.
0: Yeah. Had Tio had, had the Eagles won that game, Tio would be legend in Philadelphia. He was unbelievable that night. After basically being told you're not going to play, your ankle's completely no, messed amazing. Up. And he still and he should be in the Hall of Fame. Abs- I he, think without a question, he should statistically. Be in
2: the Hall of Fame. There's. N- I mean, you, you can't keep him out. Right. Same thing with Bonds and Clemens and those guys in baseball. But when it comes Saturday
0: morning here. I don't believe we'll be hearing T.O.'s name called. So, uh, that's you know, I haven't really thought too much about it. I have such a hatred for the system of the Football Hall of Fame and the writers that agree to be on that panel. I have said over and over, Tony, those writers should resign en masse, saying we're not qualified to judge these men, that we don't belong doing this, that there's a better way, we don't want any part of it. But a lot of these writers, that's all they got. They cling to it. They're like, ooh, I'm a Hall of Fame voter. And they do it in secret. At least, if you're going to be on that panel, televise it. Let me hear your arguments. Exactly. Put it on ESPN, and I
2: can hear your arguments if they're good or bad for a certain player. And then the same thing with baseball. I know baseball's trying to fix it, but baseball was keeping guys out. We had a year where they didn't put anybody in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. How's yeah, that possible? <laughs> that How do you stupid. not put one player in the Hall of Fame? And then you go, and then you go to Cooperstown and say, "All right, we got a couple of old timers and a couple of dead guys." but we're going to bring their families up because we need to have a TV show yeah. at Cooperstown because all these people and Pete Rose is signing autographs down the street on a, on a folding table, and then the <laughs> Bills Mafia is going to come in and smash it down later on so we can have some entertainment. You can't do that. You can't keep people out. You can't throw a million people in. You can be selective, but you can't play the morality card. Sooner or later, the morality card's got to go out the window.
0: The great Tony Bruno joining us here. Your show this week from Radio Row.
2: Is on where and when? It's on TonyBrunoShow.com, but it's everywhere. Stitcher, you name the iTunes. It's on video, on Facebook, Periscope. Basically, you cannot avoid... Go to avoid Tony.
0: Go to TonyBrunoShow.com. I go door-to-door and show it on my iPad if you want to watch it. <laughs> Knock on the door and say, here,
2: watch my show. I'll go door-to-door, and if you want to hear just a taste, I'll play a little taste. <laughs> and then you just give me a cup of coffee, and then I'll leave. And then I'll go next door again. I'll go door-to-door to promote. No, it's going great, and... And it's great to see you. And you they, do
0: it. You do it for three hour, two hours a day. Two, I do three, it. Five, I do, nine, no, 6.
2: I do two, and then, like here, I said I'm going to do two hours, and then I'm three and a hour, half hours in, and then another guest comes. So, so I just go. You just and, keep going. I'll go 24 seven just okay. to bring because I want people to know I, I'm here living vicariously. I'm, I'm living. You're here.
0: the representative for the yes, Eagles. they're
2: living vicariously yes. through me, and I'm doing all the legwork and the hard work so that they can sit at home in the luxury and the heat of their home while well, I'm out ice fishing on Lake Minnetonka for them. I'm doing it for them, not for me. The, the lovely Miss Robin said you have not
0: been ice fishing yet. And I was she supposed wants to, go to go this
2: morning, but the temperature was below Xerox, so I said I'm not going <laughs> below out. X-Rex. When the temperature
0: falls below zero I do not That's go That's a commercial out.
2: from the past right there, Xerox. Oh I'm God. like a dome team. Once it gets
0: so cold... I ain't going outside. <laughs> wow. Wow. How about that? Also, Miss Robin said you're going to host the only official yes. Eagle's Nest party, watch party, in the city at Town Hall
2: Brewery. Now, you know that the Minnesota fans are still salty or briny or whatever they call them now because of the game. Briny. You know, and the fans were, a couple of fans were idiots, and I condemned them to the highest level you could possibly sure. condemn, morons. But they're still a little, you know, angry. And so they didn't, no bar was going to be and there's no Eagles bar they
0: we're not going to allow an Eagle bar to watch the exactly. game
2: Exactly and and then, but the people here are nice you've talked they to are. them they're not they don't hate. No. They're just upset that their team, they were tasting the, 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 the Super Bowl in yes. their own building. Yes. And they were supposed to win the game and go into Philly with the best defense. It was their destiny, it Lieutenant was. Dan. And I feel bad. I really do. I you robbed bad. them of their destiny. I didn't rob anybody. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> other than I picked them to win by double digits, which <laughs> made a lot of people who oh, gamble wow. on that stuff happy. How about and that? And that's all that matters to most people and fantasy players. Are, you, are you picking the Eagles? Yes, I am. Sunday. Not because I'm a homer, but I think they you match genuinely up. genuinely feel it. I do. I really do. And I, I've been there. I was there in 80 for the day Dick Vermeil team when they Dick Vermeil sequestered them while the Raider guys were on Bourbon Street having a good time. He had them locked up in a hotel room tight, and you saw it the next day. Yeah. I was there for all the championship runs with Donovan McNabb and the crew, and then the Super Bowl where they finally got in, and then came up short, and McNabb threw up on the field, and that story. And now, but I see this team. They're complete. You know, no matter who they miss, they go out. Is Nick Foles going to go perfect 15 for 15? Probably not, but he doesn't have to. They just have to be able to make the adjustments when Belichick makes the adjustments and not be afraid. And Peterson, more than any other coach in the league, goes for it on fourth down. He's not going to be afraid. He's not going to be worried. He's going to go out there and say, boys, this is what we do. Let's, Let's pound do the it. football. Let's get the rotation of defensive linemen in there. Keep the pressure on Brady because as great as Brady is, you put him down, you hit him, you saw it against the Miami Dolphins. He doesn't quit, he'll keep coming back, but he, he takes poundings. He's gonna he's gonna cough the yeah. football up as great as he is.
0: True or false, this guy here on the Skype window, nineteen eighty Super Bowl, ran away from home in Philadelphia. His parents were sick. Looking all over South Street for him. Right, Scott?
2: Uh, right? Close, no. Something like that? Running not up and down Drew Roosevelt Boulevard. S- yes, that's what it was. <laughs> I thought I saw him in one of the sewers that they uh, posed down every night on Bourbon Street. Uh, uh, one night at a Super Bowl <laughs> me, game. Me and Pennywise, Tony. Where were, yes. you, where were you
0: in 80, Scott? Uh,
2: I, was, I was listening to Tony. I was 12, 13, almost 13 years old. Cry my eyes out after they you know, won the NFC title game. And then just pissed off to, to beat the band when Jaworski kept connecting with Rod Martin. Exactly. And Kenny King, I can Kenny get that early. Oh, and his neck. No, belt. and I was in New Orleans for that one. That was like my second Super Bowl, yeah. believe it or not. And so it, it, they were devastating. I mean, it was over early in that game. Kenny King early takes it to the house. You can you can hear the air come out of the Superdome.
0: Do you know that they, I saw a story today that they're not using Crisco on the polls? No, they're Sunday. going gear oil the, now. Gear oil, which gear oil. The, the announcer said... This should deter people because they say you can't get it out of clothing. I'm like, that's not going to deter Philly fans. They'll get anything out of They'll, clothing. Ju- they'll just get their B clothing and go out in that. I, they were going to use night. STP, but they couldn't find
2: uh, somebody alive who could say it's like Liquid Ball bearings. Remember those commercials? <laughs> STP. <laughs> it's, it's like Liquid Ball bearings. STP and Xerox. <laughs> we're
0: going to coat the poles and those. Are they still
2: around? Do they still make those products? <laughs> STP, probably. <laughs> I think they've been bought out by the Buffalo Wild Wings Company. I think might, they, they, they're using gear been. oil now to make sure they get a little extra flavor in there. Oh, my God. Well, have a great watch party on Sunday. I'm are going to... It's actually the most decorated. They've won more of the beer contests up there in Denver. You know the uh, the internet, the national beer G A B F, Awards. Great American won 15 beer Fest. medals in this what place? What bar is this? It's called Town Hall Brewery, right downtown, a few blocks away from the stadium. So if you can't get tickets into the game, and it's not just Eagle fans, but mostly Eagle fans who can't get tickets, but if you're in town from D.C. and vicinity, and you want to go and hang out with Eagle fans, not just Eagle crazy? fans, crazy. There'll be, there'll be fans? No. We welcome all. It's all no, inclusive. You don't. It's all
0: inclusive. If there's more than three Brent Selleck jerseys,
2: I'm out. Sorry. No there should, offense. There should be more. He's the longest run. He and Kelsey have been there the longest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If they win, who are they erecting the statue to?
2: Uh Nick Foles. If Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, the out. Rocky statue comes down, I will personally smelt it and make I will make coins from the Franklin Mint that'll be marked. Limited edition, Nick Foles silver from the Rocky Stats. Actually bronze. So that's like winning the bronze medal. Rocky comes down, I'll do a combination. Nick Foles on the front, Carson Wentz on the back. So when you walk around the statue, you see both guys responsible. Wow! Carson Wentz was the starter, gave you eight innings, and then Nick Foles went in and closed it out in the final two.
0: TonyBrunoShow.com. He'll come to your door with the show and go see him downtown if you're in town in Minneapolis on Sunday for the watch party. Thanks, Tony. Dave, always good to see you. There Scott, you.
2: keep your head up, man. Be We're well. taking it
0: home on Sunday,
2: brother. Fingers crossed. I'm with you, Tony. We're taking it home. I guarantee it. Or I will give you... The, the Masters winner and the Skins game, absolutely free on my site. <laughs> very
0: good. Let's wrap it up with this today on the Friday of Super Bowl 52 in Minneapolis. Two things real quick. Remember what I said about Twitter, how it makes otherwise very smart people, very successful smart people, very successful smart people who would otherwise know a million times better? that it makes those people temporarily insane and stupid, and it renders their brain absolute mush? Happen again. Did you see the tweet from Stephen King? Author, extraordinaire, best-selling author, Stephen King, who tweeted out after the train crash that involved a number of sitting Republican legislatures, legislators, senators, I believe some congressmen, on their way to a retreat in West Virginia, a train crash that hit a garbage truck or a dump truck. Someone horribly got caught on the tracks. There was a fatality, it was not one of the senators, but Stephen King tweeted out, basically, oh, I see a bunch of Republican senators in a train crash on their way to a glitzy retreat. That's what my friend likes to call karma. Uh, really? Stephen King, he's he's that dumb to think, yeah, this is a good one right here. This is going to, uh, watch this, zing it a zing, zing, zing. Of course, people quickly said, bro, what is wrong with you? Really? It's not enough to disagree with someone's policies and say, I disagree vigorously, or I even I disagree with Republicans' policies and their tactics in getting them done, you have to go to the, all right, train crash. Yeah. He then quickly started climbing down the ladder with a series of tweets in which he said, well, you know, even though Republicans are sometimes heartless when it comes to voting, many of them did get out and assist victims during the train crash. Oh, oh, well, that's nice. That's good you flipped him that one. Also, he said, I apologize for the remark on Twitter, parentheses, if one was necessary. (laughs) How about that for a non-apology apology? apology? So that was one thing. Uh, Stephen King, you, you would have thought he would have been smarter or just get it. But no, Twitter does that. Makes people insane. And then there was the father of the Larry Nassar victims who attacked Larry Nasser had to be pretty much gang tackled by bailiffs. I'm I'm gonna blame the judge. I'm gonna blame the judge who was grandstanding last week with the I sentence you. I I just signed your death sentence. Judge Aquilina, I believe, is her name. The same judge who dramatically tossed away Larry Nasser's letter to her from prison about how he was being treated unfairly with this icy stare. Great, grandstanding theatrical moments. But guess what? It begets more theatrical moments. And while I'm not denying this father's pain and outrage, it was just a bit too perfectly staged. The father knew he was on television. The father made sure to ask for five minutes with... Larry Nasser from the judge, as if she was going to grant him that. Could you grant me five minutes alone with him in a locked room? No. Could you grant me one minute alone in in a locked room? No. And then he goes ahead and decides to charge at the defendant. This happens in courtrooms. I don't want to say all the time, but it happens, you know, on a regular enough basis that there are bailiffs there to try to quell any uprisings. This was grandstanding unfortunately, and him and the the father as well to the bailiffs who were just doing their job saying, what if this had happened to you? That's not the point. It's not a case of, okay, we've convicted him. Let's go ahead and let the angry mob tear him limb from limb. If we wanted that, we could go back to the 1400s. That'd be great. But I blame the judge from last week. This is what it begets, more courtroom theatrics, more courtroom theatrics. I know it's satisfying to show you're more outraged than somebody else and to pull a stunt in front of a camera, but the guy's going to jail for the rest of his life. He's going to wake up with nightmares in prison every single night for the rest of his life. You don't need to go after him in the courtroom. And I'm not denying his pain, I'm not denying his outrage. Let's call it a day here for the Zabe Cast on the Friday before Super Bowl 52. I will report on all the doings of being inside the wonderful U.S. Bank Stadium for the big game. An American tradition unlike any other, the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Eagles. Have fun at your Super Bowl parties. Remember to bet responsibly, as Furio said, bet with your head, no over it. Clean up after your mess if you're going to somebody else's house at a party. Enjoy this great American tradition. Soak it up. It's the last tackle football game until late August that matters. So cherish it and give it the respect it deserves. Take notes on the commercials. We'll talk about that on Monday as well. And have a great Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you for listening and downloading this a Tell two friends. Tell two more friends. Google Play, iTunes, iTunes, wherever your podcasts are sold. We will see you Monday, everybody, from pre-dawn and freezing Minneapolis for the recap of Super Bowl 56.